Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Monday, February 20th, 2023. Monday. Whoa. Family day. Yeah, that means nothing to most people who don't pay attention to what day that we do the podcast on. But for yeah. us, who always do it on Tuesday, this is like crazy switch-up day. We decided to spend our family day with each other yeah. in the Mayfair without our families. It, it's a sort of family. The Mayfair family. I was actually saying that to Anya when we were in line for Drag Dragon, I think it was, and I hadn't seen her in years, I guess. But she was still dating the same guy and still looked the same same and we just pick up where we left off you know pretty much but then i was like oh yeah you know you're i can't remember how i said but something like you know you're part of the mayfair fam and you're here and you're even though you haven't been here in a while and you're not managing or whatever you know you're i don't know if she actually quit i mean most so many people here don't actually quit no one ever <laughs> quits no one has ever quit no yeah. one, they just stop showing up they just stop taking shifts yeah yeah they show up you know and actually and she might have even paid for tickets i think she might have like oh, not wow. like me like i'm like a big shot who will not do that you know but still like that was kind of fun i was just like no nah, no, no, you're part of the f- and I think I kind of misspoke too because it had been so long and like so I tr- I just try to cover it up because I pretend that I know everything that I'm talking about and so I was like no no family she stole my hereditary blu-ray that I'm sure Ooh. I'll get back one day but that's the problem with lending out stuff <laughs> is that then you don't see a person and a pandemic happens and you yeah. are like where is my hereditary blu-ray I'm like what? oh what? yeah I lent it to Anya three and a half years ago and then a pandemic happened like why do you have hereditary on blu-ray like it's amazing but like why do you because your wife would never watch that no i want it oh, okay that because i was like yeah. there's no way you purchased a brand new hereditary like i know you well enough to think that that is strange because i'm not diehard about it but every once in a while i will enter a contest via exclaim newspaper or mm, something like that that's a good one where all you got to do is I don't do anything if it's hard. If it's like, you know, you've got to do a scavenger hunt or whatever. Skill testing question. I'm not doing that. I swear to God, sometimes there's like something really complicated, like exclaim as an example, because they're a music newspaper. They'll be like, list your 10 favorite albums of the year. And I'm like, I don't have 10 favorite albums of the year. That's a lot. But if it is, put your email and who's the director of the movie, you know. So that's why I have Hereditary, because you're right, because I always joke about that of like, you know, every Christmas, let's watch Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) Hey, let's watch Nightmare Before Christmas. But you're not like, hey, Grandma, Grandpa, it's Thanksgiving. Let's gather around and watch Hereditary again. Yeah, my brother recently watched that, and he and his wife, they did not care for it. But they're they're not horror people at all. They were... I don't know, like, it sounded like she in particular was not feeling it, but it's just, but it's like not a movie I would defend. I liked it, you know, and I'll say why I liked it, but I'm not going to be like, no, no, you're wrong. It was a classic or something like that. I'm like, I don't care that you didn't like it. I loved it. And spoiler, fast forward ahead 60 seconds if you have not seen Hereditary and you care. Yeah. Going into Hereditary, I don't know what, halfway through, I thought it was a metaphorical horrors of family life horrors of parenting which it half was i suppose and then it becomes supernatural and i loved it Mm -hmm. and the ending oh my god the ending is incredible and that part about 20 minutes in or whenever it was (laughs) you know that's the part where i'm just and even to my brother i was like well obviously you like that part right you know like but it's not it's definitely not for everyone and there there certainly are parts in it that if you were if it was you were watching it with like a room type audience that you would laugh at not you know not me of course but the privacy of your home you get into the moment but i mean it's also like kind of a victim of that kind of mentality of people watching it half on their phones or people watching it kind of talking in the theater and then you're like ah oh, whatever you know you just you're not really like tied into it like we were watching something last night actually i think we were watching uh infinity pool you know which we might get here and how dare you if we get it here I, I did not i've never seen that movie and i never would have watched it but yeah like emily was kind of like half on her phone and stuff not because like 
anything to do with the movie, but just, you know, she's doing stuff. And then at the end of the movie, like, I, you know, I really liked it and she didn't really like it. And, and I'm always like, I always want to be like, well, you were really watching the whole movie. You yeah, know? well, <laughs> a very different movie. Yeah. But we came to see Kids versus Aliens last night. Oh, right, yeah. Which I highly recommend. And as it makes its way out into the world, it's super fun. And despite what some critiques said, I thought it had very good character development hmm. because it's a quick little movie. It's 75 minutes with credits. And it's a few kids, their big sister, a horrible jerk teen bad guy. But very quickly, you're like, oh, that kid's the filmmaker nerd. Mm -hmm. That kid's the goody two-shoes. That kid's the toughie. Their big <laughs> sister is a teenager, so she's going through some troubles of hanging out with people she shouldn't and mm -hmm. trying to find herself. They got two horrible parents, and there's a boyfriend who's just a wonderfully horrible character. <laughs> but they did a very good job of developing all those characters, and it's just this quick-paced, fun, R-rated Goonies kind of adventure, but with full-blown scary aliens and gore. Man. So it feels like an Amblin movie, yeah. but it's scary and has real Fangoria old-timey gore in it. Mm -hmm. But we watched that. Gwen wanted to see it because it's from her backyard. It's from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and that's where they filmed it. Yeah. And she knows some connection, like our cousin's friend is in it, something like that. And yeah. on her side, we have an aunt and uncle who are in the film industry, so they know a bunch of people who worked on it, I believe. But that movie watched at home with distractions would not be as fun as watching it in the Mayfair, full attention. Mm -hmm. At home, Gwen would be knitting, yeah. <laughs> you know, but... I think that's why she's better watching horror at home, especially, say, television horror. Even stuff you might not consider full-blown, like Stranger Things or Wednesday, Yeah, is that you're not fully invested. But in a movie theater, you're there. Mm -hmm. You can't get away. But I loved it, and I'm sure that movie is way more fun with a crowd on a big screen than watching it at home. Yeah. How did she do with the uh, gore? Good, but it's funny. I tease her poor Gwen, is that I'm so desensitized. Yeah. I have a lifetime of watching horror films. I look back and I do the math and I'm like, holy cow, did I watch Sleepaway Camp when I was 10? You know, like <laughs> for real, thanks to VHS and everything. Yeah. But something will happen, like the most simple of jump scare, like an alien shadow walks by the window and her hand <laughs> will grasp my leg. <laughs> and I've got my heart rates like, boop, yeah. boop. I'm nothing, you know. So she's fun in that way is that she reacts the way the filmmaker would want you to react mm -hmm. where I can still fully enjoy it, but it takes a lot for a jump scare to jump me. Yeah. I get more jumped by Emily's reaction to something than my, yeah. it's like, cause then it's, and she also, she's kind of known for having an over the top reaction to what I would call not really a big deal. You know, yeah. just in life, you know, like if a squirrel runs by in front of the car, she'll be like, <gasps> and I'm just like, what, what, what is it? Like, I, I don't even know. Like maybe it's like there was a car accident. Or I ran something. over a baby. Oh God. Like this, it just, you think it's the most insane thing. And then she's like, Oh, a squirrel ran by or whatever. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I see where you're coming from with that, but maybe not the biggest deal, you know? So that's kind of a running thing. They'll be like, just her reaction will make my heart jump more than a movie ever could. But she's fun to watch the movie with. And I'm sure Jordan Peele would have been so flattered because without even trying to make the joke while watching Nope here at the Mayfair, she's the perfect target audience for that because yeah. she's like under her breath going, Nope, 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 nope. Oh, yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and like, and that one, you know, it wasn't, it was more about spectacle. It wasn't like super gross. No. Uh, but, but then again, it's hard for me to know anymore because I, I don't. Uh, Jordan Peele, I mean, what do you say? I mean, I think the only reason he's not getting more awards attention. Now, for Nope, it's almost like 
as a non-sports fan, I say this, it's the Wayne Gretzky rule. Yeah, for Where sure. I've heard from more knowledgeable hockey fans that Wayne Gretzky should have had four or five more MVPs, four or five more most gentlemanly player awards, four or five more, etc. But at a point, they're like, he has 40 of them. Let's give one to somebody else. Yeah. And Jordan Peele's now like, well, he got his Oscar. We could nominate Nope for Best Original Screenplay, but let's diverse it up a bit and give it to somebody else. I thought Nope was just this perfect puzzle piece of a fun Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. For me, he hasn't failed. He has a young career as a feature director. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, yep, three for three so far. Yeah, it's easy to get blasé about that when people are too good, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> You're just kind of used to it being good. You know, and musicians as well, I suppose. Like, it just, yeah, it's the same with, like, you know, LeBron or, like, the Beatles or something like this. When you're, like, number one in your chosen field, you know, you're expected to be good. And unless it's absolute garbage. And even that is so, you know, that depends on the person who you're asking. So it's like, it, it never really stops. I admit to be too hard on senior Spielbergo <laughs> because a couple of his more recent films not BFG that was terrible yeah we're I was I have to bring up BFG anytime we reference <laughs> Spielberg but Bridge of Spies mm. and The Post The Post Quinn and I both watched those here and we both had the same cruel reaction <laughs> where we were like well that was very very good but it wasn't perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, that wasn't uh, very Amblin. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, and that's not fair of me. Say if anybody had directed Bridge of Spies, I would have been like, wow, what a masterpiece. Yeah, Sam Mendes, you but really crushed it. Spielberg did, so I'm like, Meh, four out of five. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not fair, but you get judged because when your first three or four movies are the greatest films of all time, it's the Orson Welles curse, right? Like, mm -hmm. Citizen Kane should have been his 10th film, but it was so early yeah. that you're kind of all downhill from there. It's like, hey, you're 30. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, and it's interesting. There's like an element of that with James Cameron now where, you know, he keeps not failing and he keeps yeah. putting out these movies. Like he has two of the top three grossing movies of all time ever, which keep Avatar 2 will be re-released and added to that total. But Titanic has been re-released at least five times, I feel like. Just As we keep... speak, isn't... <laughs> it's in theaters. Avatar number two and Titanic number it just, four? It just took over... That's the funny thing. So they re-released Titanic, I think, in 3D. I okay. might be wrong in that, but it was in theaters in the last couple of months. And so Avatar 2 overtook Titanic, then Titanic overtook Avatar 2, and Avatar 2 just overtook Titanic. So it's literally going back and forth between... Someone made the joke... I don't know why I keep mentioning LeBron James, but he, he just had the most points of all time, anyone in NBA history. Okay, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was, geez, I think it was, no, it wasn't Wilt Chamberlain. It was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. He had been number one. Geez, I hope that's right. All right anyways, the, the point of it is the guy who was number one was there. And this someone... is a rarity. I know that is right. Okay. Because Kareem was the guest star on Sarah Silverman hosting The Daily Show. Okay, thank God. So this is a rarity where I can confirm that basketball stat. Yeah, yeah. Wilt Chamberlain had the most points in a game. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the most points ever, which is now number two. But the point is, someone made the joke that he should have just taken his shirt off and had the jersey of the <laughs> other team and gone out and just scored a few more points to get back on <laughs> yeah. top. And so, like, that's almost how I feel with the James Cameron stuff. But the point of it is, is, like, it's the same idea with that. He'll put out something, and it can be good. And if anybody else put that out, you'd be like, oh, wow, like, look at the technology, look at the story, whatever. But with him, you expect it, especially after the amount of insanely highly grossing movies he's made. You just expect it to be that. And I haven't seen Avatar 1 or 2, but, you know, there's people who are just sort of like, oh, yeah, oh, it was okay. It was okay, you know. But, like, what are you going to say? Yeah, and I'm the exact same in that I haven't seen Avatar 2, and this is kind of mean, but I don't really want to see Avatar 2. <laughs> yeah. And just other stuff keeps happening. And it's so funny. It sounds highbrow, but say one night I could have come to see The Whale or Living, and I came to see both of those here. Mm -hmm. And in our 
multiplex enemies across the street. <laughs> I want to see Ant-Man, and I would go see that before seeing Avatar. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I can't believe that he's... I wish we live in a world where he could do more diverse things. I wish we could have a... The way The Abyss was original. Right. But it seems like the next, what, five years of his career, six, is just going to be Avatar sequels? Yeah, and it's funny because like that almost brings up a knee-jerk distaste for Avatar by fans of James Cameron. I mean, yeah. and that's just speculation on my part because you and I want to see True Lies or, or something. I mean, not actually True Lies, but, you know, like all these different things he's done. You almost are to the point where you're just like, screw you, Avatar. Like, so what? Now we just don't get 20 years of James Cameron or whatever it is all told. Yeah, because if you look at Spielberg, yes, there was the Indiana Jones sequels. And a little bit later, he directed two Jurassic Parks. But then leapfrogging in there, you've got The Color Purple and mm -hmm. E.T. and Close Encounters and... All kinds of different stuff. Some of it didn't do as well as others, but he was doing different things. And now, I know James Cameron does do more documentaries and yeah. kind of stuff like that. And he had a hand in the most recent Terminator, which mm. I actually really liked. I, I love Dark Fate, man. And yeah. I, I still defend that movie. And I, that's one of those ones, I same with the newer Hellboy, where I'm like, it was fun. What, like, what's the problem here? And what Dark Fate, that's the most recent. Yeah. So that one is the director of... Deadpool? I th yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think he kind of amicably came out and was like, that was the hardest thing I ever did. I had a terrible time. I think the movie turned out really well, but James Cameron is not a fun guy to work with. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I he's think that's what he said. Just like, I couldn't even imagine like working with someone like that who is just so at the top of their powers and just, how do you naysay someone like that or fight them on ideas? And I think he was really over everyone's shoulder as executive oh, producer with the script and the editing and so mm -hmm. i think the director really felt kind of pushed aside yeah and it's tough you know making movies is a team sport but i think he didn't burn bridges but i think deadpool guy was like yeah that was not fun no and it didn't do great right no like, and, and people seemed to hate it like not everyone but it just it's the prevalent you know feeling is yeah, the same with like the lot. new texas chainsaw like there's all these movies that i loved or even like, like the new hellraiser stuff like that you know where you're just sort of like i don't know we've talked before but people kind of like seems like they almost want to hate stuff because it's easier yes yeah. so i don't know i mean people can dislike whatever they want but just i'm like what did you want from it's the same we talked about texas chainsaw it's like what did you want from yeah. the seventh terminator or whatever the hell it is at this yeah. point come on a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Ugh. in Texas. There's chainsaws and some massacring. Someone complained that there wasn't enough Texas in it. And I was like, who is even <laughs> thinking about that? Who even cares? Like, what? he's massacring. Like, he had a chainsaw. Come on. So we were talking about this recently. And I'll make comment of it just because I still didn't look into it. I'm sure Lee would know the answer to this. But I stumbled on that in the States at AMC for $21 a month, you can watch three movies a week. Okay. And that... That math does not make sense to me because yeah. even if you're only going once a week, that's a 525 ticket. Very reasonable. Mm -hmm. But if you're actual going full 12, out. Yeah, 12 times a month. That's a lot. And I don't understand how the box office would work because for us, it's pretty simple. Warner Brothers takes 30, 40% of the ticket. Or if it's a more independent film, we split the door. Or mm -hmm. if it's a local independent film, they rent the cinema and they get 100% of the tickets. It's all kind of simple math. Yeah. And that's why the distributors don't like us giving out free passes all the time because then nobody's paying for the movie and people buy popcorn. Mm -hmm. But this $21 a month, okay, say if you really do go see 12 movies in a month and one is Avatar and one is Ant-Man, one is Puss in Boots, is it that you're just saying like, 
every ticket we're giving you three dollars every ticket we're giving you i don't know it's, it's very confusing to me yeah and I, I think there's stipulations as well like I, I would imagine like first night ant-man doesn't count or something like that right. you know like they have to make numbers and margins and all that i mean it's it's an interesting system but i would personally think it should kick in in week two or three right right like three ideally you know most people just it's new or it's gone pretty yeah. much so yeah like i don't think that would ever fly in canada they had talked about doing a similar thing but in the states initially they had one where i believe it was unlimited movies for a month i think it was amc i could be wrong but they tried that out and i think it was called movie pass and right and you yes. could do it unlimited or there must have been some stipulations to it but just yeah that didn't make sense and but people loved it obviously because then there's stuff you wouldn't pay full price for or you maybe even wouldn't go to see in the theater yeah and you're like okay well whatever i might as well it's free so i, I don't know it could never fly in canada i don't think like it just it's hard enough keeping theaters open well is. especially here like okay pretend it was here and the mayfair didn't exist mm -hmm. alternate universe the amc which i don't even think is an amc is way out in canada yeah so that that's Busing, driving, whatever is quite the distance. Good if you lived in that suburban neighborhood. But, like, imagine if Lee had that and a Star Wars movie came out and he was going to see the same Star Wars movie three times a week for a month. Yeah. So it's a good deal, but I just, you know, they're counting on making money on popcorn. But we had people asking us about it way back, maybe five, six years ago. And we get an email or somebody would ask at the door, like, oh, are you going to get movie pass? And I was like, God, no, like we can't yeah. afford that. No, it's yeah, it's hard enough. Certain shows. I mean, God, and it's not as if you could just assume, oh, yeah, we had 10 people for, I don't know, living, which is not true because I think living is well. well. But say, we'll, say the sun. <laughs> yeah, OK, so we got 10 for that. Are you really hoping that you're going to have 50 or 70 with movie pass and that they're all going to buy snacks? Like, yeah. I, I just don't see that being the case. Like, it's not going to be that big of a jump for certain movies. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And I read a little bit that the distributors, I think, are fighting it. So it might be a short-lived thing. The distributors might come in and be like, look, you can maybe charge less per ticket, but we can't have this. The only way I could see it working is if it was distributor-specific. Like, it was like, you get two bags of Lay's chips for five bucks. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, well, we're Universal's putting out these two movies. You can get tickets to those two for less, or maybe you pay, I don't, I don't know, you know, you maybe pay a, a super ticket and you get two tickets for that. I don't know. I just remember that this was the death knell for Blockbuster. Because didn't Blockbuster near the end start being like, hey, pay a flat fee and rent whatever you want? Yeah. No yeah. late fees. Like, I, they really started getting desperate, and then yeah, they died. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Actually, I totally forgot until just this now. But, you know, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, because it was, I know they had their stuff with, the, like, older releases and whatever. You know, you're going to get, you get, whatever, seven for a week for oh, five like bucks. or days. I don't even know. Yeah. And that was smart. But, like, yeah, I mean, anything beyond that, it's just, yeah, I guess it's desperation. And I don't know. I like the idea of trying new things. And for the consumer, I mean, it's, it's in theory, a great idea most people don't care about the behind the scenes stuff with all due respect to josh most people don't, don't <laughs> no, care about true. the stuff that, that you have to care about people don't that's not their world you know so that's why most behind the scenes movies don't do well because people don't care about behind the scenes it's yeah. like i really like pizza i don't want to open a pizza shop i just want to eat the pizza yeah and like i had always my dream was always to open like a video store comic shop coffee shop yeah. something like that you know where you could just go in and have a really cool hang somewhat like the comic shop was you know like on bank but like that old location where yeah. it's just this wacky everything but just after a while you're just like okay i maybe the future is not a video store you know maybe it's like it's hard enough opening any store when I was in college near my place, there was a amazing kind of hipster nerd laundromat. And there was a TV that was always playing some old kung fu movie. Nice. And there was like a video game and there was cool comic books around and stuff. 
And I thought that was a great business model. Mm -hmm. And if you had a laundromat and you had even just for free, just VHS that people could borrow and you had a pinball machine and you could have coffee houses in there sometimes. Yeah. You surround the boring chore with something cool. Yeah. And I thought that was a really, and I was there all the time and I'd be sitting there, young film school, hipster loser and working on homework while doing my laundry. And they, you know, they had coffee and snacks and stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that that was a good business model because I think there still is some chance of a video store surviving. Yeah. But you got to get you got to get that crowd who's coming in once a month. And like, say yourself buying stuff. Yeah. Someone like Andrew, who still buys a lot of DVDs. I've I've really petered out on buying DVDs. Yeah. It's few and far in between. You can do it, but it's tough. Like, I'm sure it's not an easy endeavor. No, you, you need that built-in audience, really. Like, uh, they were talking about, there's still a guy running a video store in Ottawa. So, I don't know, somewhere over there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, like, and I'd seen, like, a, an internet story on it, and then we, we just happened to be driving by it, and I just recognized it from the story. And I was like, oh, it's, it's that thing. And, I mean, I'll never go there, not in a mean way, but just, you know, it doesn't make any it's sense. Tough. It's tough, yeah. It's not yeah, close yeah. to me, but it's just, it is heartening. It's kind of like... It's a glass half full way of looking at it, but it, like it's heartening to know that exists, and I will not be supporting it in not a mean way. But I'm just like I'm just it's that it's same with the Mayfair. You know, there's tons of people that are like, oh, I'm so glad you guys exist. It's so awesome. I don't go there. I won't yeah. be giving you money, but I'm so glad you exist. You know. Yeah, <laughs> even if you like, I live in Rockland or I live in Montreal. Yeah. Like, but I almost thought you'd almost have to treat it like a comic store where you have other stuff. Like mm -hmm. comic stores sell a lot of Funko Pops yeah. or T-shirts, right? So you have to have a bit like that, like, you know, sell your Friday 13th Funkos and T-shirts and that kind of thing. Puzzles and stuff. Yeah. And then also maybe have special guests, like have Jason Eisner in autographing Kids vs. Aliens Blu-rays, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But yeah, it's doable. And even like, I think the younger folks, almost like collecting vinyl, they're getting back into VHS a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, and cassette tapes. Whether that's going to last. But. Yeah. But, no, but it's just like the same thing that HMV had to do or Indigo had to do, you know, or like yeah. now FYE uh, has to, well, yeah. I mean, like pretty much everyone has to have side hustles at this point. Like you can't yeah. just be one thing. Like our side hustle is renting the place for weddings and video game parties mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Church really came through. Church. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without that, those things definitely help, especially when you have church followed by a rental, yeah. which means you've hit your money for the day. So then if the next two movies you're showing to the public flop, you're kind of okay still. Well, if yeah. they do well, oh, you're flying. And it's nice too because like you don't have the added stress of having to sell tickets or deal with yes. people. Like in theory, you'll have walk-ins maybe, but like yeah. it's smart, but it's it's interesting to see like the progression because even with that, it's still not really working. Like HMV still went out of business, you know, yeah. like all these places just, it's such a specific, and I think a lot of that too is like the rental costs and stuff like like the Rideau Center. I can't even imagine what they charge at this oh, point, yeah. you know, so it's, it's one thing if you're trying to set something up in carlingwood or saint laurent or whatever but even that it's hard and i, I can't just being in i was in there like fye in the rito center oh for yeah, yeah, yeah 20 minutes and just hear, i'm not trying to eavesdrop but just the staff is loudly talking about you know stocking and movies and ordering stuff and all this stuff and it's just like no different than stuff you guys go through but in a different way and, mm -hmm. and you're just hearing all this you got to plan around this and supplies and they send the wrong stuff and now there's this and we don't know what to do with it and i'm just like oh my god i can't it's similar to like not having kids it's one of those things where i was like oh all the stress i don't have by running a <laughs> store like this yeah so let us chat about the upcoming movies the week of friday february 24th i'll footnote it with an interesting anomaly we hardly ever do this 
we don't have a set schedule yet for Friday, February 24th. Oh. And often we will have, like, if you look at our schedule now, we have movies in upcoming weeks like Two Leslie and Outwaters and Frankenhooker and Unwelcome. We have the premiere dates for those movies. But this week was just light. So here's what we know for sure for that week. Cinema. Yeah. Presented by me. Presented by Eric. Which I just found out on the way here. Lee asked me to do it. I was like, hell yeah. There's never going to be time where I say no unless I have some weird sickness or something. And Taxi Driver, which we're screening just because last week we played Mean Streets for its 50th anniversary. I have a feeling that Lee just looked at the list and was like, oh, we haven't played that for like five years. Let's play that again. So that's it. We know that Mean Streets... <laughs> Wait, two movies? We know that Taxi Driver and Cinema is coming. Yeah. But I asked Lee... He can't confirm it because nobody got back to him before the weekend. Yeah. And the distributors don't care. And so they all went home on the weekend. Uh-huh. And it's a long weekend. Yeah. So usually this morning, he'd be getting emails back saying, confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. So what he does have is we are like in the high 90th percentile sure <laughs> this is going to be the upcoming week. Oh, my God. If you are a listener who listens like this is a radio show... <laughs> Just go check the website just in case. Yeah. But we are fairly certain that this is the upcoming week. Here we go. So, Living, back for a third week. All right. It did gangbusters on Saturday, almost 200 people. And some guy on social media was sad he didn't get to see it. Yeah. So that, Whoever this, that is. This is for him. <laughs> and I saw Living, Gwen and I saw it. I just loved it. And again, can't bear Avatar 2 ill will, but I always think... There's no chance Avatar 2 was better than Living. No. And Living is not nominated for Best Picture. And I just thought it was great from front to back. It's sad. It's heartwarming. It's funny. You would think that it's a role that Bill Nye could just kind of do as a grumpy old British guy. Mm -hmm. But there's really a lot to it. And it's interesting because it's based off of a 1950s Kurosawa film. Right. Which in turn is based off an 1800s Tolstoy book. Yeah, and I know this because Emily's older coworker sometimes recommends movies. So like two days ago, she's like, oh yeah, Craig just watched Living. And I was like, yeah, currently playing at the Mayfair Theater. Go on. Like, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's not the first time this has happened where she'll be like, oh, have you heard of this movie, Blank? And I was like, oh, the, I was like, I know you listen to the podcast, so obviously <laughs> you knew about it. You just jogged that memory because she was yeah. st- literally saying that, oh, it's adapted from this, which is adapted from this. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm listening to the podcast <laughs> right now. Then The Fablemans. Mm. by Mr. Spielbergo. This is our, our premiere of The Fablemans? Yeah, we've had the trailer playing for like two months. <laughs> that's but. not the first time that's happened too. Like, no. We've just been like, I swear we're getting this, swear, whatever it is. It's coming. <laughs> it's nominated for a bunch of awards. But again, it's funny because Living is doing gangbusters here, but mm-hmm. it's a little movie. It probably costs a couple million bucks and it's made 10 million and everybody's happy. But comparatively, just a tiny fraction of the people have seen Living as have seen Top Gun or Avatar or yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp and stuff like that. But Fablemans is interesting because it is that behind-the-scenes curse where people don't care about behind-the-scenes. So comparatively to a big Spielberg movie, this is kind of a flop. Yeah. But we don't care because from our little corner of the universe, we're not a 10-screen multiplex. We don't have to show this for three months. Mm-hmm. We don't care about it making back its money. <laughs> we just care about it doing well here for a week or so. Yeah, and it's funny, like, these seem to do well in awards versions. Like, Hollywood loves these stories, but the public doesn't always love the Like, Mank, you know, like... Oh, for sure. Where yeah. It'll get the nominations, but you're, it's not going to make $100 million, you know? And then people say, oh, Oscars, it's movies that people don't see. And I'm like, yeah, that's nothing new. Go back and look at what won at the Oscars years ago. Every once in a while, it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 
but usually it's not. No. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm a sucker for this kind of movie. It's it's a nice, feel-good, follow-your-dreams. It's Spielberg literally doing Spielberg. Yeah. I'm always curious why he didn't go full-blown and be like, yeah, this is about baby Steven Spielberg, but he changed the names and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I, I, maybe it, it was too obvious, almost. Like, cause, I mean, yeah. we all know who it's about and who it's by, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of just the child well not the bad parts but just the making movies part you know it's the stuff that you know you and i had dreams about too i think you know and, and like so it's kind of fun to live through these things not so much the trauma stuff but. i look forward to the part where he's like i just want to produce six or seven big movies about cars turning into robots oh man <laughs> and, and the bfg some sort of BFG. big friendly giant <laughs> and then as you mentioned we have infinity pool oh oh my god are you kidding me we got it yep. the week that or well then this isn't 100 percent confirmed so maybe it'll be wrong but yeah but we're probably yeah we should have it why would you oh god and i even knew it when we were gonna watch it i was like i but we just kind of uh, we had a really big weekend family weekend so yesterday was about vegging and watching movies i watched three movies yesterday is a good example don't do video on demand <sighs> when you can just come to the mayfair because now you got to come see it again it was amazon's fault for allowing it to be watched <laughs> not that that's what happened and i don't get but again that's the interesting world we're in is that every once in a while lee would complain rightfully and be like uh we played groundhog day it didn't do great but it's on tv all the time and I'm like, yeah, but does anyone have TV? Like, you have TV. <laughs> What's but, a TV? <laughs> but my mom doesn't have TV. My uncle doesn't have TV. Yeah. We live in a world where if I'm looking at it with rose-colored glasses, is that something can be on video on demand and still hit a Mayfair and do well for a few screenings. Yeah, and it's totally not on Amazon. Nobody checked. Yeah. What I meant yeah, don't was look there. it's only playing at the Mayfair Theater. Yeah, no, and then my last movie of the night, I watched Antiviral, which I'd never seen. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't see two of Cronenberg's, young Cronenberg's movies and not see the first one. And I'd voted it for a long time because it seemed to be a lot of, like, needle stuff. Oh, And right. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't love needles, but I'm also not one of those people who's just like, ah, I just didn't seem to care, you know? So I watched that and it was, it was good. It's been a fun progression between that Possessor and Infinity Pool. And I still might, I think Possessor is a little bit better, but that's, the Infinity Pool was awesome. I like, I really liked it. Mia Goth rules, obviously. Well, Possessor doesn't have Mia Goth in it. I know, I know. <laughs> there, there is that. And I, what's funny is when I was telling Emily, I was like, oh, you want to watch Infinity Pool? And I was trying to describe it. And I was like, the guy who did Possessor. And then I tried to describe that and I could not remember how to describe Possessor. I was like, they're in bodies and they're killing or something. Yeah. <laughs> like assassins and yeah. buildings and it like, made me think of like that surrogates movie with i think bruce willis lots of head trauma yeah like <laughs> any movie i tried to compare it to she hadn't seen so i was like oh, this is lost but i was like trust me you liked it at the time like i swear I'm not, I'm not the most reliable narrator but i was like i swear you liked it <laughs> i wonder how soon before the normies get a hold of mia goth is scorsese offering her a movie is somebody wanting her to do a romantic comedy? Because if she can do what she's done so well, yeah. she can do whatever. It's true. Wait, Surrogates, I think, was Keanu Reeves, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, and the, But there was that other one with Bruce Willis where they're in. I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Mia Goth, great. It's, it's funny to if you could watch her back-to-back -back in that and anything she'd done prior. Like, it's totally, she's a lot more, like, off the rails, like, in a good way, you know? Yeah. In this one. And it's weird. Also, seeing her blonde, you're just sort of like, wait, what? You know, oh, like, yeah. People can change their hair color. What? And so how far away are we from Maxine? X Maxine. It's got to be soon. I mean, it's 2023. I, I would assume it's done. Yeah. The, the kind of the way they're talking about it. So I'd imagine a couple months. Like, man, what, what a year we're going to have. Like, new Neil Breen, the Finish the X trilogy. 
Yeah. Probably other stuff. You know, like, <laughs> I don't think, is there anything else we need to even look forward That's all to? all we need. Yeah, we got those two. Lots of Cage movies coming out, obviously. Oh, I can't wait. Anyways, not the, not the point. I'm sure you're going to say The Old Way with Cage is one of our other movies we're playing this week. Uh, no, that's <laughs> it. That's all we're playing. Ah, jeez. So yeah, so as I said, check the website just in case, but Lee is fairly confident that Living Fableman's Infinity Pool is confirmed. Nice. And then we had already confirmed Taxi Driver and Cinema. So that's that's our big week. So a couple of Oscar nominees, the new Cronenberg Jr. Yeah. And Taxi Driver and Cinema. Yeah, no, they're all going to be good. Those are literally, actually, all of those are pretty heavy hitters if you ask me. I mean, I'm not always <laughs> the judge of these things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, like, so at the very least, I can recommend Infinity Pool with a good conscience, you know, and And I can recommend living. Honestly, you want to see Infinity Pool in a theater as well. Like, you know, it was fun at home. But like I said, someone's wife was on their phone and then (laughs) thought that they didn't maybe love it. But I'm like, you kind of missed some key stuff. It was like where you got to rewind stuff where you're just like, oh, did you see that? It was like, oh, no, I didn't. That was a crucial plot point. Come on. (laughs) Anyways, good movie. So, yeah. So that is our week. We're going to wrap things up because we're going to go eat some lunch and watch a movie probably. Yeah, probably something terrible, but we'll never know. Yeah, you don't want to watch it. It's, no, no, uh, it's not good. It's not Infinity Pool, but yeah. This is should. how we spend our family day. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good. This has been successful. I'm glad we pulled it off so far. So thanks for listening, everybody. You can find listings at mayfairtheater.ca and on the social media stuff. We look forward to having you back in here soon. We'll have a bunch more Oscar nominees as we approach the big award show. We'll see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I'm just going to trick Lee, and then I'm going to play the old way for cinema. And I'll be like, but that wasn't bad. You just went behind my back. No, I would never. Please, Lee, let me keep doing these. Second call, 404 Hamilton, 417. De Niro. In Bang the Drum Slowly, the critics called him a brilliant new talent. After Mean Streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying portrait of life on the edge of madness. Tabby, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, people do anything in front of a taxi driver. I mean, anything. People too cheap to, to rent a hotel room. Don't drive a hurry up, will you? People want to embarrass you. It's like you're not even there. It's like, you know, like a taxi driver doesn't even exist. This city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. I think I know what you mean, Travis. But it's not going to be easy. You guys get to be a secret service man. What? I was just curious, because I thought maybe I'd make a good one. Hey, what kind of guns do you guys carry? 38s, 45s, 357 Magnums, something bigger, maybe. Hi. I'd like to volunteer. Why? Why? Because I think that you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. The taxi driver is looking for a target. Getting ready. Getting organized. Preparing himself for the only moment in his life that will ever mean anything. How much for everything? 350 for the Magnum. 250 for the 38, one and a quarter for the 25, 150 for the 380. That taxi driver's been staring at us. You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I don't believe I've ever met anyone quite like you. Oh, yeah? You will never see a more chilling performance than this. Robert De Niro in Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver.